Go ahead, turn in your Bibles to Habakkuk 3. Habakkuk 3. Um, Habakkuk is after Nahum, um, before Zephaniah. Habakkuk, however you guys want to pronounce it. Uh, Habakkuk 3, Old Testament. Uh, Bo asked me to share my testimony, to testify the grace of God um, in my life. So I'm going to do that. I'm also going to anchor us in Habakkuk 3. Um, so I'm going to read his word. Uh, I'm going to read his word. We'll pray and get into it. Habakkuk chapter 3. I'll give you another minute. Habakkuk's kind of random, right? One of those minor prophets. Okay, you'll find it. Chapter 3, verse 17. This is God's word. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. That's God's word. Let's pray. Father, I praise you for the opportunity tonight to testify to the grace you've shown me in my life. Um, Lord, your word says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble. And you say, God, restore to me the joy of your salvation. Uphold me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. And Father, I praise you because you have redeemed me by the blood of the Lamb. Um, You've refined me by your Holy Spirit. And you've given me a word of testimony. And so I ask that you would use my story only insofar as it tells your true gospel story. Um, Lord, may sinners return to you tonight. And Lord, I just say that you have only ever been kind and gracious and wise and good to me. So use me for your glory tonight. Praise in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right. So it was about two years ago, a little less, uh, and we're all sitting in a circle uh, at a house in Palm Springs. Uh, Bo and Ariana, they had put on a leader's retreat, um, and I had been serving in youth for about the uh, last year and a half. Some of the people uh, here uh, we're at that retreat, and we'd go around a, in a circle and like in, like take one person. We'd encourage them, right? So like it'd be one person's turn after each meal, um, and we'd encourage them, tell them like this is what I see the Lord doing in you. Um, and so I was up, I was up, um, and Bo was about to say something for me and encourage me. Um, and so he says, uh, "Do you know about?" He says like, "So like this is kind of different," um, but I'd say like. I want to, he's like, I want to encourage the last season of your life. Uh, Like, I see you as a tree that the Lord's just cut back. And honestly, bro, like, I've never seen anyone so pruned and, like, so cut back as you have been. Like, as gnarly as you have been in this last season. And honestly, like, you haven't been perfect in it. Um, But the Lord has, like, really done something in this last season. And I want to, like, affirm this last season of pruning. And... Which is like so bow, right? Like in the encouraging word, like, hey man, the Lord has pruned you more gnarly than I've ever seen anyone in my entire life. Um, 
Like, I've never seen any, someone be so disciplined by the Lord, um, but it's still encouraging, right? Like, God gave him some weird spiritual gift to being able to do something like that. Um, I, I love the man, but like, that's what he said. That's what he said. Um, so, uh, you guys are like, what, how did you get so cut back, like prune? Um, well, uh, here's where I'm going to start. So I became a Christian, uh, I believe, like, my sophomore year of college. I went to Westmont, um, and a guy by the name of Max Egenhagen, uh, he took me out to Los Agaves, uh, which is great if you're ever going to evangelize someone, give them good food first. Um, he sh- and he was faithful to share his story with me, um, and he shared the gospel with me. And over the next few months, like, my eyes were open to the beauty of the gospel. And, like, I don't, maybe it's like I was saved before, but it's one of those things, like, if I was saved before, like, I, that's not, I don't want that kind of life, right? If you know what I'm talking about. Like, so he saves me. Um, but fast forward to my senior year at Westmont. Senior year at Westmont, uh, 2014. Um, so here's my life. I'm a religious student, out, religious studies student at Westmont. Um, through crazy circumstances, someone has paid for my entire college education, um, and they're willing, they're like, uh, they're willing to pay for all of my seminary also, so I'm thinking I'm going to go to seminary, um, and I'm dating this girl that I'm like crazy about, right? So I'm dating a girl I'm crazy about. Uh, so this girl and I, we actually started interning at Reality SF together, um, and she's an awesome person, um, all this stuff. Actually, Brooke was interning with us, um, Reality SF. It's crazy how roads cross. Um, and we start, like, we start developing feelings for each other when we're uh, doing that internship. Uh, and eventually we start dating. Um, and we, like, we fell in love really fast. Like, fall head over heels in love. Um, and I'm like, finally, like, Finally, like, a girl who loves me, right? Like, I've been waiting for this for so long, right? So finally. Um, and also, honestly, guys, uh, our relationship, it, like, quickly became, like, too physical. Uh, quickly became too physical. Uh, but we had all the kinds of justifications. So it's like, I mean, honestly, it was like, we're not doing anything other couples out Westmont aren't doing, right? And, like, besides, like, I've, I've got this figured out, like, I've got this under control. I've got a plan for this. Um, and I had honestly, like, I had set up the perfect life. Um, if you guys, like, any of you guys go to Westmont or, you know, like, Christian college bubble, I'm sure you can imagine. Some of you guys are on the outside and you're like, yes, I've seen this thing, like, happening, like, in other, like, the Westmont people. Um, I'm going to be a pastor. I'm going to go to seminary. Um, and most importantly, like, I found someone who loves me. Like, I've got, I've got it set up. Um, so to the point that in February of 2014, um, I propose. I propose, and it's like all it's one like all over Instagram, right? Like everywhere, all kinds of things. Um, and things were awesome for a month. Um, it was the best. It was the best for a month. Um, and then she started to express some some hesitation about getting married, uh, and. Uh, she was kind of like, yeah, maybe like, maybe we should wait a little bit. And I freaked out. I freaked out in that moment. Um, and I kind of like, my thing was like, I'm going to rush at this thing 80 miles an hour and I'm going to fix this right now. Like, 
I need to fix this. So I'm running at it, um, and she's withdrawing and getting more and more distant. Um, and so I, like, I had to go through this little thing of, like, okay, like, well, I'm going to figure out what the problem is. Like, what's, what's this problem? Like, at first I thought I was, like, dude, is it, like, her friends? Like, um, or is it her friends? So I'm, like, I'm going to, like, what's going on with that? Or maybe it's her family. It seemed like maybe her family wasn't. Um, but then it came to, like, a thing of, like, what if it's me? What if it's me? And honestly, guys, I don't, I did not know what to do with that question. Like, if it's me, I don't know what to do. And that started hitting on, like, my greatest fears ever. Um, so it's kind of like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure this out. Um, so I start praying like crazy. And my prayer is basically this. Lord, do whatever it takes. Do whatever it takes. Um, just don't let this relationship fail. Just don't take this away. You can take, do whatever you want, but do not let this fail. Um, all the while, uh, all the while, so this is over a course of months, so all the while, I'm not really repenting of, like, the sin in my life. I'm not repenting of it. Um, and just the justifications, right? Like, well, it's not this. It's not that. Um, it's fine. I'll figure it out. Um, so around this time, also, I start hanging out. Uh, we both start hanging out with Bo and Ariana. Uh, Bo is actually, like, one of uh, his best friends. is the guy that shared the gospel with me. So we start hanging out with them, and I'm basically like, um, I want to hang out with them because I want them to fix this problem I have, uh, this problem in the relationship. So I'm thinking uh, they're going to fix it. Um, so we're hanging out with them. Uh, I'd hang out with Bo. She'd hang out with Ariana. Um, and it's kind of approaching. Uh, it's kind of approaching the end of Westmont, uh, end of our senior year. We're about to graduate. And one morning in church, Bo comes over, and I think I was sitting right over here. Yeah, I probably was because that's like Westmont section. Um, so I'm sitting over there, and Bo comes over to me, uh, the two of us, and he's like, "Hey, bro, like I was praying, and like um, it's like I just kind of got a sense like that maybe the Lord wants you to stay in Santa Barbara." And so like we started talking about that. Um, he's like, "I know it's really good for our marriage. Uh, stay here, surf a year, get married, go and do your thing." Um, and it it actually like in that moment it really like. It's like he said in the spirit, it's kind of like, yeah, like I think, I think this is something the Lord would have. Um, and so we decided to stay in Santa Barbara for a year. Um, then we graduate college, and I have to scramble to find a job. I have to scramble to find a job. I'm just staying here. We're going to get married. Like, what am I doing? So I find a random job at Revive Public Relations. Um, I was an operations assistant, which means I do whatever anyone doesn't want to do. Like, <laughs> I remember in my orientation, one of the things, I think it was like a job description bullet point was we don't say, that's not my job. Like, that's like, that was my job. Um, so it's everything, uh, just anything. It's a random job. Um, and we graduate college. I'm working there. Um, a couple months go by. And at this point, like, we've pushed back the wedding date twice. Um, and things are just in limbo. Like, there's no date. I'm working at this random job, and I'm like, what's going on? Um, and here's like an honest look at where, where I was honestly at. Um, I've got a head full of knowledge and a heart that is completely terrified of what's going to happen. Um, 
And I start, I start showing all kinds of super, super ugly um, sin. Uh, like, I'm, I'm angry all the time. I'm lashing out in anger, um, particularly, like, at her. Um, I'm jealous. I'm acting super childishly. I'm manipulative. Um, like, guilt-tripping her for not wanting to spend time with me. Um, and I was, I was just flat out scared. Like, I'm so scared because I love her, and I don't know what I would do, like, if this doesn't work out. Like, what do you do if the person who knows you best um, stops loving you? Like, what do you do? I, I honestly didn't know how to go there, and so I was scared, and I was sinful, and I was an angry, hurtful person. Um, and so there's not a ton of change going on in me. I'm starting to see this thing. Uh, the relationship's just continually unhealthy, um, and she's just continually getting more and more distant, more and more cold. Um, and then August 3rd of uh, that year, she breaks up with me, and she hands me back the ring. Um, and so I go back to my apartment, <laughs> And I lay on my bed, and it just feels as if my entire soul just split. Um, I sunk into the deepest depression of my entire life. Um, Like, I'm working a random job. I'm seeing so much sin in my own heart, so much anger, so much jealousy, lust, the like. I've desperately been trying to do everything I can to, like, save this thing. Like, I am going to save this thing. Um, And I'm sitting in my apartment, and the engagement ring I gave to the girl that I loved is sitting in the drawer of my desk. And the person who knew me best in life, um, the person who promised, like, she'd never leave, the that person, like, she's gone. And I just had so much shame. Um, it's not, it was like a pretty public thing. Um, thanks to this world of social media we live in, right? Um, it's a public thing. And so, like, when life punches you in the gut like that, and some of you guys know what I'm talking about, like, when life hurts and that happens, like, you start, to, you start to really ask some real questions. Like, um, okay, I have four years of uh, theological training. Um, I read all kinds of books on the side. And I'm asking, like, is God really in control right now? Like, like honestly, like, my fiance just caught off the engagement. The person I felt like knew me best in life, she no longer wants to be with me. Um, And, like, is God really in control of letting my worst nightmare happen? Is God in control of that? Um, Or, like, or did I just mess up too much? Like, is God in control of this, or did I just screw everything up? Um, Or is he, like, is he in control and, like, just not loving? And, like, am I really loved? And, like, who, who after all this, like, could possibly love me? Like, the person who saw that I got the closest to, like, she, like, who could possibly love me? Like, what do you do when the worst thing you can imagine happens 
And it's this crazy mixture of like your sin and another person's sin in God's hand. Like it's not clear cut. Like what do you do? What do you do when that happens? Go ahead, turn to the text. Um, Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer. He makes me tread on high places. Like we read that, we read this Habakkuk passage, you probably heard it before, pretty famous passage, and we think like, hmm, right? Like, isn't that nice? Like, that's so nice. Like, hmm, olive, olive produce fail, no, no fruit on the vine, I'm still gonna praise God. Um, do you guys know the context of Habakkuk? Uh, do you guys know what's going on in the story? Uh, it's this, the Lord says, uh, well, it starts out, Habakkuk says to God, God, there's all this evil in the world. Like, when are you going to do something? And the Lord says back to them, he says, I'm going to do a thing in your land. I'm going to do a work in your day that you wouldn't believe if I told you. And we're like, oh. And that work is that he's going to send the Chaldeans into Israel to carry Israel out into captivity because they were disobedient to God. Like, that's the work God was going to do. And we're like, what? So uh, he's going to send a foreign army to destroy Israel, carry them out into exile because of their disobedience. That's the work God was going to do in their day that he wouldn't, you wouldn't believe if he told them. Um, and then the book ends with Habakkuk saying, yeah, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. Yeah, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. So how does he get from, like, how does he get from God, what are you doing? And God says, I'm doing something I'm going to carry you out into exile. Like, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. How does he get from hearing the worst news of his life to saying, but I'm going to praise you. I'm going to praise you. How does he get there? And how can we, like, no matter what befalls us, rejoice in the Lord? Well, um, I want to share, like, some fruit. If, like, if the last, if that last season of my life was just getting pruned back, like, just branch after branch after branch cut back. Um, I want to share with you guys like some fruit that the Lord started to produce in me after his deep pruning. And I want to be very honest about this, okay? Uh, This was not an overnight transformation. This is like, I'm not up here like wearing a cape, like with a secret Superman suit underneath here. This was slow, day by day transformation I struggled for a couple years, like so intensely with my own sin, with forgiving someone else. And even the complexity, why, how do you forgive someone when it's not like they necessarily just straight sin against you? It's just like they hurt you. How do you do that? Um, I was depressed for probably over a year, uh, probably 18 months. Um, I sinned against God many times in this process. It was not... I read this passage and I saw, oh, now I rejoice in God. Now I don't struggle. Yet the Lord was really, really kind to me. 
So, first fruit is this. True healing, true healing comes from being immersed in his word. True healing comes from being immersed in his word. The kind of healing your soul needs, it's only going to be found in the truths of this book. It's only going to be found here. Um, and like, I'm not, I'm not against counseling. I did a lot with Shawnee. If you like, ever come on Sunday, Shawnee announcement guy. Uh, it was so good. Um, we forged a deep friendship through all that. Um, but like, uh, but counseling for your soul, for the deep kind of, the deep kind of healing you need, it's only going to be found insofar as it's the truth of this book. And actually, you guys see, I have this fat one right here. Um, I brought this on purpose because this is the Bible I started to read when everything fell apart. Like, this is the book. Um, and like, I just like, oh, how like God caused me to love his word. Um, like, if I could tell you about the healing I found, like, early in the morning, when the world's still sleeping, and it's just day after day, like, I knew, I knew I didn't know what the heck, how this was going to all work out, but I knew if I'm going to find healing, it's going to be in this book. And so day by day, morning by morning, I said, I'm, I'm going to read this book. I'm going to sit at the Lord's feet in this. And whether it's the greatest morning of the world, or I feel like I didn't get anything out of it, I'm going to continually come here. Um, and as I sat at his feet, not like one night or not one morning, not just like overnight, but like as I sat at his feet in the long run, the Holy Spirit made this book come alive and he healed me. Um, he made his word alive to me. Um, so like I said, like, no matter what, I'm going to spend these hours in the morning reading his word. Um, and also his word, like, as you do that, as you do that, as you, as you continually submit yourself to the word of God, his true, inerrant, invincible, infallible word, as you submit yourself to the word of God, it's going to actually challenge you. In his word, challenge me. Um, and I think, like, it was one of the first times I began to, like, no hold back, like, I am honest with God. And I read in the call to worship, what we read, I read in Psalm 63, uh, because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. And I read that and I said, God, honestly, I know your word says this, but honestly, I think I'd rather have her love right now. And I know that's not right, but you're going to have to help me see this. I started to be honest. His word challenged me. The second thing I learned is this. I learned from his word that God is actually sovereign. God is truly sovereign and in control of everything. Psalm 139, 16 says this. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. I found, no, like, what has befallen me, what has happened, was not apart from God's control. It was not as if I, I just screwed things up and I just went, like, I veered off of what God was trying to do and, like, I went outside of his control and, oh, God was just on the side saying, 
I'm really sorry, but like you just went outside, you went outside my control. There was nothing I can do. His word says like every single one of your days, I have decided. God is sovereign and closely connected to that. If his word is true, his word is going to be where we find healing. And if he is actually in control of all things, then I have to believe everything he says in this book. And he said this, and this is a hard truth, but this is one that will actually save some of your souls. And it's this, that God will wound us to heal us. God will wound us to heal us. Uh, Hosea 6 is this, Hosea 6, one. Come, let us return to the Lord for he has torn us that he may heal us. He has struck us down and he will bind us up. Uh, I developed this like insatiable hunger uh, during this deep depression. Like, I'm just like, I just want to find healing and I just, I want to learn and I, I want to understand that like um, God's word and everything that's going on right now and just gave me this deep hunger um, to learn. And so one of the books I read while I'm in all this is a book called Knowing God by J.I. Packer. Um, you guys need to read that book, one of the greatest books I've ever read. Uh, but in a chapter, um, it says God, called God Unchanging. It's talking about uh, the God of this Bible, God of this Old Testament that we read about, God of the New Testament, who uh, revealed himself to Moses, who called Abraham to follow him, all these different things. He's saying that God is still the same God today. And still he, he interacts with the people, his people in the same way as he did then. And he says this, still he seeks the fellowship of his people and sends them both sorrows and joys in order to detach their love from other things and attach it to himself. So the truth of God's word is that God in his wisdom will at times break our hands from the things that we think will save us in order to, to attach those hands to himself. So the Lord's teaching me these deep like lessons of the truthfulness of his word, his sovereign control over, over all things, his fatherly discipline. Um, but he did this all for one reason. Like he wasn't like, um, hey, Travis, I have a few, I have a few lessons I want to teach you. Uh, and if you build your life on these few foundations, you'll be in good shape. No, like God taught me these things all for one reason. And this is my testimony. This is what it is. He showed me these things that his word is true, that he is sovereign and in control over all things, that he will wound us to heal us in order to show me that Christ is enough. Christ is enough. And Christ is enough because the love of Christ is deeper. The love of Christ is deeper. I need, to, I need you to hear this because so many of us doubt this. We don't believe it, but he's, it's true. No man, no woman will ever love you enough to convince you that you're loved. No one will ever love you enough to convince you that you're loved. No man or woman has ever died for you like, no one has ever laid down their life for you. And the acceptance of Christ, like, Christ welcoming you in with open arms is greater than the rejection of any human in this entire world. And I don't, I don't care if it's the person you loved most in this life. 
I don't care if it was your mother or your father. Like, that hurts, but the love and the acceptance of Christ is greater than the rejection of anyone else. It truly is. The psalmist is even going to say, though my mother and father have, like, abandoned me, the Lord will take me in. The Lord will take me in. Follow this logic. Paul's going to say in Romans 8, he's going to say, if he did not spare his own son, if the one God who could righteously reject us because of our sin did not spare his own son for us, how will he not with him graciously give us all things? The love of Christ is deeper. It's deeper. Secondly, the joy of the Lord is greater. The joy of the Lord is honestly truly greater. So this crazy thing happened um, where it's about, it's a little over a year in uh, since everything fell apart, we break up, um, all that. And I get a uh, FaceTime call from one of my best friends. I answer it. I'm like really excited to talk to him. Um, do the small talk thing for just a minute. He says, hey, I don't know if you saw, um, but I wanted to be like the one to tell you like, uh, she got engaged. Like, I wanted to tell you that. Um, and that, like, that hurt. But he quickly followed it up by saying, I, I have seen you, but I want, like, I want to tell you, I've seen you grow so much in the last year. And, like, you are not the same person as you were then. And this crazy thing happened. Like, it hurt. But to look more like the one who saved my soul. And in that moment, I saw like I stopped mourning so much over like the loss I had occurred because of my sin. And I was mourning over I sinned against my God. And something happened where I saw like the joy of the Lord and obedience to the Lord is greater than anything. And I'll give anything for that. I'll give anything for that. Because Christ is enough. The wisdom of God is wiser. The wisdom of God is wiser. Guys, God is always wise. He is always wise. Um, And what that means in conjunction, if God is sovereign and God is always wise, it means even when we can't understand, like, why did this happen? We can trust, no, it had to happen because he is wiser than I am because his ways are higher than mine. And I don't understand this right now, but he is always wise and he gives us what we need. Um, he's going to, he's going to wound us in order to see like what we've been longing for and that thing we've been seeking after in anything other than relationship, a job, whatever it is. I was going to say, like, that longing you have, that thing could never fulfill it. Your idol, it's not talking back to you. It's not going to take you in. Lastly, what he's showing me is this. Psalm 84, I was going to say, that he withholds no good thing from those who walk uprightly. <clears throat> and so there's a tension there, Right? Like, there's a tension there because, um, because like, all right, let's take this. Um, 
there's a lot of awesome fruit the Lord's uh, blessed me with uh, in my life. Like, he's healed my heart like he actually has. Um, He's placed me here as the youth pastor. I have the funniest, best kids, like, in the world. There's... um, the other day, like, they're so weird. The other day, they run into the office. I'm about to hang out with some of them. And this one kid's like, <laughs> my grandma, <laughs> he just breaks into, my grandma showed me a picture of a kid that had gangrene on his tongue. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Those are his first words to me. Just the absolute funniest, best junior hires in the world. Um, I'm, I'm rich in great friends. Like, I am rich in great friends. Uh, this might not get some of you guys, but like, I have a book budget from my job. Like, that is like God's face shining on me. Like, I, like, oh my gosh. I can't, I can't tell you. Uh, but like, can I be straight with you guys? Like, I'm still single. Um, there's things I long for. There's things I really long for. Um, like, I have to battle and deal with loneliness. So like, yes, the Lord has given me all this fruit, all these good things. And there, there are these longings. There are these things of like, Lord, you withhold no good thing. Like, but we feel that ache, right? We feel that. Um, and honestly, I often can feel like this Habakkuk passage. This is honestly what I can feel like. It feels like this. The fig tree isn't blossoming. And there's no fruit on the vines. The olive produce, it's failed. And there's nothing in the fields. There's just nothing in the fields. And like the cattle, the cattle that are supposed to be out in the field grazing, they're not there. And there's no animals in the stall. It's like the translation, if you don't really get what's going on here, saying this, uh, the things we hope for, the food we need, I don't see it on the vine and I don't think it's going to come next year either. That's what Habakkuk is saying. Like, it doesn't seem like it's just around the corner. So then, my salvation, my hope is not now that I'm the youth pastor. Like, that is not my salvation. And my salvation is not that one day maybe I'll get married. Yet, I'll rejoice in the God of my salvation because he has saved me by the blood of the lamb. Like every moment of anger and every minute I spent worshiping an idol, every time I disobeyed them, for every time I mourned more over the loss I had more than my sin against a holy love, his blood has covered. And this is the word of my testimony, that even if I go to the grave single, it will be because of the wisdom of God, and he would be enough. And when I open my eyes, I'm going to see him face to face. And I'm going to be made like him. I'm not going to be tempted ever again to sin. And I'll never have an ache of loneliness because I'm going to be with him. The one who loved me unto death. 
the one who saw me at my worst and died for me. The one who promised, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And this is my hope, that I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And this life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me, and that he is coming again for me. And so I can say, by his grace, by the strength that he supplies, single as I am, not sure of what the future holds, that he is enough. And he has only ever been kind and good and loving to me. Go ahead and pray with me. Lord, I, I praise you because you are enough. Because you have redeemed those who have put their trust in you from their every sin. Lord, we praise you because you are wise enough to discipline your children. Praise you because your love is greater than anything else in this world. So God, I pray now as we move into time of response in worship, God, that if there's sin, we need to confess that we wouldn't wait. Um, Lord, that we would trust that your word is true, that no one gets away with anything, that your, your, your commandments are for our joy. Lord, I pray we would confess. God, I, I ask that in the deepest part, those things we've trusted in to know that we're loved would fall apart so that we would, we would be able to see the greater love that is in Christ. And God, I ask that we would worship you for who you truly are and all your glory. Look forward to that day we're going to see you again face to face. Pray us all in the name of the Father. Son, Holy Spirit. Amen.